Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, it's good to be here. I'm excited. I believe uh, the Lord has given me something specific for today. And uh, isn't that good to know? We don't have just a book that we're opening up and random, you know, spin the wheel of doctrine and we'll preach something. Hey, that might be a good game we could do, but um, spin the wheel of doctrine. But uh, we'll have to pick a Vanna or somebody to be our, our hostess. But um, no, I believe we have something good today. So I'm excited about what God has for us and uh, what he's going to do. And I just encourage you to have open hearts today and um, open to what the Lord would talk to you about. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. A couple of scriptures I want to read. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, I was praying, and the Lord asked, or asked me this question, said this phrase to me, and I knew instantly it wasn't just something he's asking me, but it's for us, and it was for today. And in fact, I believe we'll have some things in the future maybe we'll look at along these lines as well, but uh, this morning, I wanted to go a specific direction, and, and just to be completely transparent, I'm wanting to get this done this morning. And so I have a lot of things written down, and, and you know, being an Anderson, it might not always be the easiest thing to move through something quickly, but I do want to move through this kind of quickly, quickly today. And so be believing God with me for help, for grace there to do it, but also be, be quick to listen uh, to, to, what, uh, to what I believe God is wanting us to say this morning. But here in Hebrews chapter 10, in the 21st, 24th verse, it says, and let us consider one another... Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Of course, we know the next passage goes on to talk about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Yes, our presence, our, our individual presence when we come together helps to stir up love and good works. So he talked about to uh, consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Go to Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read uh, verse 13. My namesake here, the Apostle Peter, was, uh, if you didn't know that's my first name, please don't call me by that. But uh, uh, it says here in 1 Peter 1, 13, it says, Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, in this physical body, to stir you up by reminding you. And he went on to talk about various things that uh, the Lord had put upon his heart to, to write about. But he said, I want to... Uh, as long as I'm in this tent, as long as I'm in this body, I want to stir you up by reminding you. And so this phrase came up in my heart, like I said, a couple weeks ago, a week and a half, two weeks ago, and it was simple. What stirs you? What stirs you? And like I said, as soon as I heard it, I knew instantly it just wasn't a question for me, and, and I took it personally, but I also knew it was a question for us. What stirs you? Everybody say, what stirs me? What stirs yeah. And this is a question that we have to, to be aware of, something we need to look at, and uh, things that we need to be aware of. You know, that word stir up, there's a lot of synonyms for it. And when I looked it up, most of those are kind of negative. You have agitate, disturb, shake up. There are some things that can stir us up in this way, but that's not what I'm talking about. Not talking about being agitated or being annoyed or aggravated. But one, the other one it said was to raise up. And raise up can be good or bad, depending upon how you look at it. But in the good context, being stirred up is something that motivates you, that stirs you, that excites you, uh, that, that pushes your button, so to speak. And we all have things that stir us up that can be little triggers, that we, things we don't like. But we all have things in our life that stir us up that are good things. And the truth is what stirs you or what you're allowing to stir you is going to be the very thing that you pursue, the thing that you talk about, that your energy and your effort goes towards. And in fact, what you're stirred about right now is what you're pursuing. You know, I was, I was thinking about this. You can always locate somebody based on conversations and things that are going on where their passions are. And you can also tell as a pastor, you can tell where their passions maybe are not. And, uh, but these are things we have to be intentional about. And, you know, and just as a side note, we can be stirred about anything we want to be stirred about. We can be stirred about anything we want about, we want to be stirred about. And really it's just a matter of giving attention to something, looking at something, the more you learn, especially if it's good, the more you learn about it, the more interaction you have with it and the more desire there is for it. Well, 
you know, like I said, we can be stirred about a lot of things. I was thinking just to, just to kind of lighten the mode a little bit. You know, when I was uh, a teenager, actually I was trying to get uh, a picture of Brother Steve because I remember, have a specific memory of uh, our worship leader, our music minister here, when he was younger, some things that he used to do, and I couldn't find a picture, so I'm going to see if maybe Leslie can dig it up out of the archives or something for me. We'll show it some other time. But I was thinking about me, things that stirred me up. Things that, and when I was younger, that really kind of, that I was passionate about. That's a good way I was passionate about. And as you all know, you know, I like to skateboard. And so uh, I still enjoy skateboarding. And I have, even in recent years, might have broken a bone or two doing it. Uh, but, but I still enjoy it despite all of that. So I had a picture I had um, uh, made, and, and this was me in middle school. And um, I was a handsome young man, wasn't I? Uh, my hair looks the same right now. But... Um, so, you know, I was into skateboarding. And I tell you, I did this all the time. I was stirred up about skateboarding. It was something that had my attention all the time. And I pursued it. I studied, you know, this, that. Tony Hawk was my, was my, was my idol, so to speak, because he was tall and skinny. And, and I was skinny, you know, and, and he, he was really good. And I wasn't, but I was hoping to be, you know. And so I would watch his moves and watch him ride. And, and there was other riders out there that they were good, but they weren't Tony Hawks. I mean, I knew all the little, th- had the Tony Hawk board and, and it didn't help me ride any better, but I, I got it. And, and, you know, I was passionate about it. I could tell you all the details. And still, I enjoy it today. You know, I was thinking about uh, my lovely wife. Now, we all look at her today, and, and she's this, you just, you think, oh, she's so put together and amazing and smart and, you know, ministering with me. And, yeah, that's, I'm not, that, that's true. We all believe that. I mean, uh, ministering side by side with me in the, in, in the ministry, man, I love it. But there was a passion that she had years before, probably about the same age range, as my picture, uh, she had a passion for things that you might be surprised about. Pastor Amy was passionate about the circus. You got that picture? See, she was passionate about the circus. <laughs> now, if you're getting offended for her sake, I, I told her I was going to put a picture of She said, it's not the hair picture, is it? I said, yes, it is. So, and, and, and she laughed. We have, a, we have a great relationship. You know, it's good to laugh with, that, with each other. And, and, um, but she was passionate about circuits. Actually, this might have been the very first time I ever laid eyes on her. Uh, this was Cindy Knight's wedding. Yeah, yeah. what year was this? 80, 86, 86. So this might have been the very first time I saw her. And I, let's just say it was love at first sight. I don't know if it was or not. I don't remember this at all. But anyway, this was... This was Amy's circus days. She was so passionate about the circus. And she had just taken off her nose right before the picture was taken. But anyway, uh, you can go back to the other picture. I don't want to distract anybody. So, no, we have things when we're younger that we're passionate about, that, that things that stir us. Well, hopefully in life as we grow and mature, you know, we're, we, are, we are more mature in our ideas and the things that we're looking for. Uh, you know, I still love to skateboard, but it's not the thing that motivates me. It's a side thought. If it fits into what I'm doing, if I have time to do it, great. And if I don't, it's not gonna, I'm not going to sweat it. I'm not going to bother it. I have more important things that are driving me. There are more important things that are stirring me. So I wanted to, uh, this morning, there's a scripture in 2 Timothy that, that Paul wrote him and said, remind him to stir up the gift of God. And these are the things that we need to be stirred about. These are the most important areas in our life, the things of God. Now, I had a, before we go any further, I... Um, uh, I wanted to uh, talk about a few things. I've got a slide I want to put up. You can put the, the first non-titled background. And, and I want to put this up just so that we're all on the same page as I talk. Sounds good? And uh, we're going to go through a couple things here kind of quickly. But I want you all to read it. And, and as we go through it, just know that Pastor Greg is not. In case you're wondering anything that I say, Pastor Greg is not, and we're going to leave this up throughout the whole time I'm talking until the end. In case you question something, you can just look up at the screen. Oh yeah, Pastor Greg is not saying that. All right. Is that a deal? All right. So the first thing that Pastor Greg is not, you can put up, is Pastor Greg is not a former weightlifting world champion. I just thought I'd throw that one in there. Um, In case anybody was questioning, uh, you know, I'm not, but we'll move right along. Uh, The second one, Pastor Greg is not upset with anyone. Now, as soon as I say that, people are like, oh, Stephen just said, oh boy, oh boy. Everybody just relax. Just, just go back and remember that I'm not a weightlifting champ, right? So if any moment you're questioning what I'm thinking and you need just a little bit of humor, just Pastor Greg is not a weightlifting champion, all right? Uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, Pastor Greg is not against anyone. Is that good? Are y'all okay with that? Okay, all right, all right. 
Well, thank you. All right. So Pastor Greg's not against anyone. And then except for the devil, you can put that up. So except for the devil, I'm against him. And the reality is I don't want him in any part of my life. Are you on the same page? And anytime he tries to raise his crazy head, I want to make sure I stomp on him, right? While he stays under my feet, that's my job, right? And the next thing is Pastor Greg is not against the plan of God. It's like, what in the world is he about to talk about? Just relax, just relax. Pastor Greg is not against the plan of God. What's the next one? Pastor Greg is not bummed out or jealous of anyone or anything. I'm just trying to be as, it's almost almost an attorney statement on that one. Pastor Greg is not bummed out by, jealous of anyone or anything. The next one, Pastor Greg is not anti-revival. Pastor Greg is not anti-revival. The next one, Pastor Greg is not discrediting anything. The next one is Pastor Greg is not endorsing anything, right? Very, hey, I, I've got my degree. I got my law degree, right? Uh, the next one is Pastor Greg is not perfect. Can I get any aim? I know Jackie's like, what? She's, she's, she's heartbroken at that. Pastor Greg's not perfect. And then I clarified, he's not perfect person. Pastor Greg's not the perfect pastor. Pastor Greg's not the perfect communicator. I think we're all in, the, if you're looking for that, you are not in the right place and you might as well just decide to take your last breath and move on to heaven because it doesn't exist here, right? And then I left a little blank there because I wasn't quite sure how this was going to work today. You can put the next one up or hairstylist. So I have to apologize ahead of time. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to grow my hair out in case you're wondering what's wrong with this guy. Uh, I'm, I'm in what they call the ugly stage right now. And, um, I've been there for most of my life. I don't know. They keep saying you'll grow out of it. But anyway, y'all be believing God with me. So I want to leave this up there in case at any point you uh, uh, wonder the things that I'm talking about. Now, what I want to specifically address this morning about being stirred up, uh, I believe the the Lord told me specifically to talk about this this morning. And it's it's part of my job as a pastor to to address some things and, and to look at some things. You know, the The scripture tells us, Paul gave the exhortation to shepherd the flock of God, which is among you. And shepherd is to to train, to protect, to do all of those things, to watch over the flock of God, which is among you. This isn't a a message to everybody. This is a a message to Impact Family Church. This is the flock of God that's among us. And, you know, one of the things that as ministers, and I just say this just so you know where I'm coming from, Pastors, Pastor Amy, Pastor myself, Pastor Amy, Pastor Edwin, Pastor Angela, Brother Steve, and Rachel. You know, we, we, we take these things very seriously, how we lead. Um, because the truth is, how we do things, I understand that I have to give an account for it. And if the Lord wants me to talk about something, you'll learn over time where I'm concerned, I will say anything just about. I'm, I'm, I, will, I will go anywhere about anything. I does, I'm not shy about stuff, you know. But, but it's also, I don't want it to be kind of like a battering ram. But, but when the Lord impresses me to talk about something, let's get into it. I believe it's for our benefit. And uh, so, you know, there's, there's some things that I believe that uh, the Lord wants me to, to talk about, like I said, really specifically. And I know that there's a, um, there's a little bit of danger possibly in this for me, that people might assume some things about me, uh, and which is important as one of the leaders of this church. People can make some assumptions about where I'm coming from. And, um, you know, he's anti this, he's anti that, Pastor Greg doesn't like this, you know, then therefore Impact Family Church doesn't like this. Some of the things I'm going to talk about, if you think any of these things that I'm a weightlifter or that I'm anti-revival or, or, or accusing anyone of anything, that's just ludicrous because that's not what I'm doing. So I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Is that, is that good? All right. Everybody, everybody good with that? Um, and of course, you know, what, you, what people choose to believe is, 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 is entirely up to, up to them. You know, my real desire uh, for all of this, you can go there and look at Matthew chapter chapter 6. My desire um, really today and, and in general in life, my desire is simple. Uh, there, it's multifaceted, but this is a good scripture, just one of many that would be a good way of saying this. But um, my desire in life, my desire in ministry is to see this very thing happen. In Matthew chapter 6, in verse 9, Jesus was instructing them, and he said, In this manner, therefore pray. He wasn't giving a formula like you have to pray this exact way. He was saying these things, you know, be mindful of. And he said, he said uh, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now notice, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
That really is my desire. I want God's will to be done here. And I want to make sure that I'm doing everything he asks me to do. I, I, every time I minister, not if I remember, I like to pray for myself. And I, try, I want us all to have the same mindset that I want to live my life well. I want to take advantage of every breath, every opportunity, because, you know, the, the, the times that we spent, we don't get yesterday back. We only have today, and then we'll have tomorrow once it gets here, but we've got to use these moments well. And the things we do here, yes, they will reverberate throughout eternity, and they'll speak of us, they'll speak of all sorts of things, and, and I want to make sure that what's being spoken will glorify God. And not to say, you know, we all have things that we struggle with and things we make mistakes. And, and by the grace of God, we should be endeavoring to get past those things. But, but uh, there's mercy, mercy for that. But at the same point, we want to make our life pursuit to be one that is to advance the kingdom of God. Amen. Is to advance the will of God. To live it and to proclaim it, to make it available. There is a lost and dying world all around us that desperately, desperately, desperately need what we have. And every decision that we make, we've got to lay it down to the altar. Does this, yeah, does, okay, does it, does it, do I like it? But more importantly, does the father approve? Is this living well according to the sacrifice that Jesus made? Is this a proper representation of what he's done for me? So that's really my heart. And, um, you know, that, that's what I'm after. I'm, I'm looking for. I want to talk this morning about what's going on in Asbury, Kentucky. I want to talk about it this morning. And um, I want to look at a few things, and, and I'm trusting that you'll be open to what I have to say and the things that, that I want to talk about, because this is important for us, and I believe you'll know why here when I get into it. If you listen without trying to like, find fault, but if you realize that I'm not against anything, I'm really not against anything, I'm just simply doing my job and, and endeavoring, I believe, what the Lord told me to talk about. The truth is, I want to see God, just to get off the, off the front, off, right off the bat, I want to see God move desperately I want to see God move. I'm thankful for all that he's done, but I, I, can't, I can't express enough how passionately and hungrily I want to see God just be himself. I've had experiences in the Lord in the past that have absolutely changed my life, and I want to have more of those. I want, I want to, heaven is going to be so good because there's not going to be any, inter, any interruption in, in the presence of God. There's not going to be anything getting in the way of him just being himself in our everyday, even though we don't live by time at that point, in our every moment existence. It's going to be so good, but we can have those things here. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth, on earth as it is in heaven. That's what I want above anything else. I want God to move here. I want God to move there. I want God to do anything he wants to do. I want God to use whoever he wants to use. I don't care. Use me, use somebody else. Just do what you want. That really, that's really what I'm after. And I know that's your heart as well. So I want to look at um, um, a, a little bit about, uh, about Asbury and, of course, you know, what's going on. And there are a few things that I, I believe. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I have a, a lot of things written down. I'm already kind of off track a little bit, but that's all right. We're just trusting the Holy Ghost this morning. But uh, here in 2 Corinthians, is that what I told you? Yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Pastor made a statement, uh, uh, has made a statement a couple times on Monday nights, and, and I'll, I'll repeat it here in just a second. But I want to read this. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Pastor, uh, Pastor Edwin made a statement this past Monday night, and he's made it a few times, that anytime God is doing something, the devil always wants to get involved. He always wants to get in the middle of it. Why? He's looking to get things off course. He the enemy is not really concerned about individual places and individual movements, and he just hates God. And he hates everything God is, everything, everything, everything he stands for. The devil just, he's nothing but hate. And he just wants to bring trouble to, to the one that he once served. He wants to bring trouble. He wants to be a problem. And so we've got to be careful of things uh, when things are coming up that we're mindful of what's going on. Really this morning, and I'll just say right up front, I don't have a problem with what's going on. I think it's great, and we'll talk more about it. Um, but at the same point, I think this is, there are some things that are coming out that are, that are being revealed or being shown that I think are character issues for believers, not in reference to them, but into, uh, to us, that are character issues in our own lives, ideas, thoughts, plans, things that we think, things that we would like it to be certain ways, that if we're not careful, 
if, we don't, if we don't see those things, if we're not uh, aware of his devices, they can get in and cause problems. And I don't want that to happen. Like the pastor said that uh, we have to be aware. You know, I was thinking, um, you know, just recently in the last few years, I've, I've begun hunting. And, and I enjoy it. Never thought I would say that. I really enjoy hunting. And I've enjoyed it a lot. And there's, I even watch hunting videos on YouTube. You know you've crossed the line, right? When you actually watch hunting videos and the perfect shot and, you know, how to set up your stand. And, you know, uh, it's, I've, it's ridiculous. But anyway, so I, I've watched all these things. And there's different ones out there that I like to watch. And, and, um, and, and like to look at. And there's a, there's a saying, I believe Brother Steve Green has told this before, you know, an old deer is a smart deer, right? An old deer is a smart deer. A deer that just sees this magical box in the field that disperses wonderful corn and just goes and runs up to it as soon as it sees it, that's a dead deer, right? right? A smart deer might see this magical machine of corn but it's going to be like, hey, what's going on here? There has, this, can't be, this can't be right, you know. There's a, there's a particular uh, YouTuber, a family, this, the Arms family, and, and anyway, they have a YouTube channel. It's all hunting stuff. And not all, I've, watched, I've just watched their hunting stuff. And uh, they've had a particular deer they've been chasing for several years. And his name is Limpy Gimpy. And, of course, he, that's not his name. He didn't name himself that because, you know, deer can't talk, Right? <laughs> Pastor Greg's not saying deer can talk. They did in their original, but not today. But anyway, um, he didn't name himself this, but they named him that. He's a very big, big, very large, has a huge rack and just, he's big and very, very mature deer. But he had, obviously when he was little, he did something to his leg. So his right rear leg is messed up. And so he runs on three legs and they call him Limpy Gimpy. And this family has been after this deer for years. And in fact, their youngest son, He's kind of gotten obsessed. Limpy Gimpy stirs this, this kid. I mean, he is stirred up to kill this deer, you know. And uh, anybody seen any of the Limpy Gimpy videos? I'm just looking around. Nope. All right, good. So, because I'll, I'll, I'll say why in just a moment. But for years, they've been after Limpy Gimpy. And long story short, they can never get Limpy Gimpy. They have the perfect setup. They've done all the things they need to do. And Limpy Gimpy will come out into the field. And there are deer everywhere, big bucks, small bucks. And this kid is just, just... He is stuck on shooting Limpy Gimpy and, and, and to, 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 you know, harvesting Limpy Gimpy. And so this deer won't come into areas where, he, where they have shooting lines. He's just, he just won't do it. He'll walk in the worst possible way, stand there at the edge of the field, stare at him. All the other deer are frolicking, enjoying the magical corn machines, just having a great old time. And Limpy Gimpy will turn around and walk right back out the way he came. And it's so frustrating to them. They just can't, they can't, can't get over it. Well, what, what, what's the deal? Limpy Gimpy is a smart deer. He may not physically have everything right that he needs to, but Limpy Gimpy is old because Limpy Gimpy is smart. He realizes that thing isn't normal. And you guys are crazy for going there, right? I'm going to watch. And it's interesting. I just found out last night that they shot Limpy Gimpy. But it was interesting. I watched their video of the la- oh, oh yeah. So I watched the video. They they watched the la- I watched the last day of hunting season this year, gun season. And this same boy, they had a giant deer in the field. He just wouldn't take the shot because Limpy Gimpy might be around. Sure, if Limpy Gimpy came out, he'd stand on the side and he just couldn't get a good shot. And Limpy Gimpy disappeared. And the kid was just devastated. He he passed on the big deer. He didn't get Limpy Gimpy. Last day of gun season. So I haven't watched it since. Well, I guess we'll wait till next year and see if they get Limpy Gimpy. I just pulled it up last night just to, just to check, and they got him in bow season. They had bow season after their gun season, and they got Limpy Gimpy, and it was the first time this kid had ever shot a crossbow. And, and Limpy Gimpy came right out in the field because now, no, it's, now it's no longer gun season. Deer know this stuff. No, they really, they do. Gun season ended, and so, suddenly Limpy Gimpy's running around. He's just enjoying himself. The magical corn machine, he's enjoying himself. Well, he didn't realize that this young man now has a crossbow and, and Limpy Gimpy has a permanent home in his wall, on his wall. But, um, so they got Limpy Gimpy. So a, a old deer is a smart deer, is a wise deer. Well, if we want to be old and live long and flourish in our Christian walk, we have to be smart. And I'm just kind of laying it, laying, laying some groundwork here. Um, like I said, pastor said this, every time the spirit of God starts moving, the enemy tries to create problems. And, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not drawing an official, I'm not endorsing, I'm not discrediting, whatever word I use, yeah, discrediting what's going on there because I've not been there. You've not been there. If you have, we can talk afterward, right? 
I'm not endorsing or discrediting. I'm not, not making any comments. But I have noticed that the enemy has already started to try stuff. If you're on social media. Now, social media has changed our world. Wouldn't you agree? Back in the days of the Azusa Street Revival, social media didn't exist. And for, for news to get out of things, it was done by, by personal testimony, you know, letters and things. And so things, news spread very slowly. And in the midst of things spreading slowly, there's a little bit of safety there, right? Because in the day we live in now, if anything happens, in fact, this message or anything else, you know, can happen. It can suddenly be on blast at any moment and everybody know about it and everybody be... Uh, informed on something and it's all based on information they have no firsthand knowledge of, but they're all experts because they saw a post, right? And they saw a post and they may not know, they don't even have to know who the person is. If it's online, it must be true. (laughs) It is, that is not the case, right? And, uh, you know, but it has changed the way we do things. And I'm not on a lot of social media. I did a message on a Wednesday night, not that long ago. I encourage you, especially parents, the teenagers have heard it. Uh, uh, everybody, I think, has heard it at this point. But if you haven't, I would say go online. It was digital danger. You need to be aware of what's out there. Be very aware of what's going on because it's a dangerous world where social media is concerned. But even as adults, there's danger in opinion. There's dangers in ideas. I don't, I don't, I've gotten off everything except for Facebook because I have to post the videos of the church. And I do a little bit here and there, very small amount. I like to call Facebook, I, I refer to it more as fight book because there are, it's just arguments and contentions. And, and just as a public service announcement, if you have a beef against someone or a group, getting on Facebook doesn't mean you're walking in love because you didn't name them by name. I just have to say that because people, I just want to get something off my chest. Please don't, right? Because it's just stirring up contention. Our world is full of strife and just, what is that? That's the nature of the devil and we're inviting it into our homes and putting it in our pockets and spreading it and thinking that we're walking in love because we didn't name somebody. No, we're yielding to the spirit of this age. Come on, guys. Let's not do that, right? But I've, I've been on Facebook because, like I said, I post the videos on, for the church here, and, and, and I spend a little bit of time. And immediately I started noticing, I don't know if anybody else has as well. Do you all know what As what's going on in Asbury? There's, there's a move of God going on. If you don't know, there's a move of God going on. And I started immediately noticing uh, people started to comment about it, and there's already a lot of people fighting about it. I don't know if you've noticed that. There's been a lot of people already arguing. I, in fact, there are preachers. Now, I have more preachers probably on my friends list than you do. There are preachers of other groups that are starting to pick at each other and needle each other and, and critique one another. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I said it's ridiculous. And, 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 I'm, and, I, and let's just say just off the bat, people aren't wanting to be ridiculous Everybody has flesh like you have flesh, I have flesh, everybody has flesh. And if we're not careful, we can, we, can, we can lose track of our flesh, right? And so that's what we're talking about today. And so, you know, people are discussing it on Facebook. I've had people ask me about it. Numerous people text me, ask me about it. What do you think? What do you know? And, and my response has been, praise God, you know, uh, praise God for it. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what it is because I've not been there. I don't know what's going on. But I want to just look at a few things I think that the enemy's trying to do. If you remember when Paul was ministering, uh, him and Silas, this is what got them thrown into prison. Paul and Silas were ministering and there was a slave girl that was demon possessed that was uh, the spirit of divination. She was fortune telling. And when I was younger, I kind of looked at this and I thought, what was the big deal? Because she was following Paul around and saying, these men are of the most high God. She was right. And, and if you read what happened there, it says Paul being greatly annoyed. And I would think, well, why is Paul getting greatly annoyed? I mean, you know, this, this demon-possessed girl is actually preaching for him. And she's real bold about it. She's telling everybody, these men are the most high God. And it made Paul really angry. And Paul eventually cast the devil out of her. Well, what's the big deal? Was she saying these guys are frauds? These guys don't know what they're talking about? No, she's saying these are, uh, these are of the most high God. What she was saying was right, but it was coming from the wrong place. It was coming from the wrong place. The enemy always wants to attach himself to what God is doing. Does he want to get on board? No, he wants to get in there and then pervert it. He wants to, when seeds are being sown that are good, he also wants to get in alongside and start sowing some other kind of seeds 
Because he wants to pee on, he wants those roots to grow down, those weeds to grow and choke out what's real. We have to be aware. We, we, we can't have this, right? And so Paul was greatly annoyed by it. Because eventually, had he not done it, people would have then started associating this girl and what she was doing. And Paul and what he was doing. And then the devil would start getting credit for some things that Paul was doing. And then people would have been led astray. So Paul had to deal with it. So there are some things that we have to deal with. Like I said, uh, the devil is a perverter. Uh, seeds are being sown. We have to make sure we pull those weeds, it, the, the, the seeds that are weed seeds. We need to make sure that we do this. You know, why is this important? Paul said in, in uh, 1 Corinthians and in Galatians, he said a little leaven, a little leaven, leavens the whole lump. He was talking about the first time he was talking about uh, uh, false teaching had gotten into the church. Little things here and there, just small things. He said a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Later on, he was ta- in, in Corinthians, he was talking about immorality, sexual immorality. He said a little leaven leavens the lump. He said, guys, you can't have any of this stuff in there because if you allow it, it will infect everything. Right? And like I said, I'm not, I'm not against revival. I'm not for What's happening? I'm not against what's happening just on the standpoint because I've not been there, right? But, but we have to be smart about these things. Um, let me see. Oh, the first weed I want to talk about. The first weed, and there's several we could look at, but these ones I believe the Lord put on my heart to talk about this morning. Is this all right? I'm going to do it anyway. All right, so the first one is the weed of seeking revival. The weed of seeking revival. The people are like, what? You don't want revival? It's not what I said. Are you against revival? Pastor Greg is not against revival. I'm against seeking revival. And I say quotation marks in revival because what revival is from a godly standpoint and what revival has become to many Christians are two different things. I don't know if you're aware, aware of that or not, but they, be, they become two different things. You know, I look through the scriptures. If you'll, if you, if you'll do a, a search, your Bible software or whatever, do a search for the word revival. New King James, you won't find it one time. I mean, the King James won't find it one time. I look through the New King James, you have uh, a few references that are there. I think there are four or five references. In fact, there's only one scripture that uses the word revival, and it's in Ezra. And they were, in a, they were in a time when they were in captivity and he asked, you know, in our, in our captivity, revive us, you know, send us, in the remnant that's left, send us some, revi- some re- revival. So that's the only reference of revival, the word revival, in, in, in the New King James. The other places listed are in like uh, explanations of a book of a Bible, like the foreword, which, you know, were added after the fact. Uh, footnotes, it's added after the fact. And even uh, divisions and sections, like, you know, they label a section, you know, such and such. There's one time where there's a, the word revival is used in labeling a section. That also wasn't in the original. That was there for our sake to help us be able to navigate and find things and to study. So the original text in the New King James, only one time, and it's in the Old Testament. The Amplified has two times, neither scripture. I think the, uh, the New Century has two times, neither scripture. Uh, the Weist and the um, uh, Weymouth's translation, which Weymouth is an expanded, it's kind of like, it's, it's, like it's, like um, uh, it's like a paraphrase, an expanded translation. Those scriptures, there's two times, that once in each of them, that the word revival is used as the same scripture. It's repent so that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord in Acts. And so they, they word that seasons of revival. So that's the only time that it appears. So revival as a word isn't even in really, it's not even something that, that God is even emphasizing. When it's mentioned one time in the book of Ezra, it's not, when you have stuff like faith and, and healing, and comparison-wise, what is God emphasizing? Is he emphasizing revival? I know people are like, ooh, I don't know what to say. Now, the word revive is there, but revive even only appears in the New King James like 22 times, and all of those are in the Old Testament. So what's my point? Pastor, I thought you said you're not anti-revival. I'm 100% revival because there's a godly principle. God wants to bring the things that are dead back to life. He wants to revive us. He wants to stir us. He wants the body of Christ to be stirred, to wake up, Right? And that is revival, but that's, that's the godly principle of, of, of revival. But people have made it into this thing. They've made it into this destination. They've made it into this thing. This, it's almost like it's become the sacred cow. 
in, in the Christian world that you're not having something if you're not having revival. If it's not revival, then there's something missing. And, and then, of course, it gets into what's everyone's definition of revival. And then, and then you have all sorts of things that get involved. Can you all see what I'm saying? And so, you know, I, I want to point this out that I'm not against revival, but this seed, this weed of being revival, the Christian culture version, the idol of revival, and that's really a, the, probably the better word of the idol of revival, is actually not seeking God, it's seeking a byproduct of a relationship with God. It's seeking a result, it's like going, it's no different it's no different than treating our Heavenly Father like our piggy bank. Right? That we go to him to get what we want, put a quarter in, pull the lever of faith, reap a handful of blessing. Right? Now, can you use faith? Can you believe for something? Can you reap a benefit? But that shouldn't be our only approach to God. I said, that shouldn't, be the, that shouldn't be why we love him, because what we get from him. <laughs> All right? We should love him because of who he is. He is God. Jesus is our master, our savior. The Holy Spirit is our guide. I mean, you do nothing other than that. I'm going to love you. Right? That really should be why we do this. But a lot of times people have approached revival the same way. They've, they've deified, they're building a monument, they're making a, a pursuit out of something that the Bible doesn't actually tell us to pursue. We're taught to pursue Jesus. We're taught to pursue, the, to pursue God, to be carriers of the presence of God. That's what, that's what we're instructed to do. Uh, like I said, the idea of, of, of revival uh, is, is, is more than a thing. It's more than an event. It's more than a happening. But that's how what most people see it to be. Well, should we not use the word revival? Of course you should. We, Christians are so bad sometimes at getting out of one ditch and getting into the other. Like, we don't talk about it enough. Now, everything's about revival. Nope, we can't do that. No, nothing's about revival. Just be you. Right? I mean, really, and that's part of our problem. We're trying to put on stuff and do things to convince God that we're worthy of him moving. That's not the way it works. He made us worthy. Relax. Get to know your heavenly father. Stay in love with Jesus. Learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. It's all going to be great. Right? But doing all of this stuff, there's so many people that revival, the revival's breaking out, revival's breaking out. We got to keep the, we got, we got to keep it going. How are you going to keep, how are you going to keep a movement going? We got to, we got to, spiritual kung fu, you know, we got to keep it going. It's not the way it works. There's a weed of revival that's being sown. Man, I want God to revive our nation. I want God to revive our, the world. I want God to, to move. I, wanna, I look at these seats. I, I see people, 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 people live. I see the walls coming down. I see us building another. I mean, I see us in our community. Let's go crazy. Getting the gospel out there. You didn't have to have it. I just want to see Jesus. I know you do too. But we can get consumed with this weed of, of seeking after this thing called revival. You can all understand I'm not against it. The other thing is the weed of comparison. The weed of comparison. Every time something like this starts, and it's happened before, other places. Here's the problem. A lot of times things start, but they sputter out is because weeds choke them out. Right? People mean well, but they're not careful. One of the weeds is the weed of comparison. Why aren't we doing what they're doing? God's doing something over there, we think, because we've not been there. But it looks like it. Facebook says it is. We've heard, we've heard a guy at the gas station who knew somebody who was there, and, and they overheard a conversation that said it was God. So why aren't we doing what they're doing? I don't even know what that means, because I've not been there, but somebody said something that means that's what we should do. Why aren't we doing it? And, and we say that, but this is how people think. We have to know our own humanity to know that this is how we think. It's like in football. I, I really enjoy watching football or hunting. I watch what other people are doing, other teams. Well, this guy's hired this number of coaches. How come my team is hiring? If they just hired those coaches, we'd start winning. 
You still got to hike, snap, pass, do all of those things. You know, the coach is important, but you, you can't recruit tennis players if you want to win a football game. You know, you have, there's more involved in that. If I just put my tree stand here, if I buy this, I've done it. If I just buy this particular harness, ooh, I'm going to kill me some deer. I, no, the, the deer don't care. Ooh, I like that harness. I mean, that's not, that's not what happens, right? <laughs> but people are, we're just prone to do that kind of stuff. The weed of comparison. The first issue with this, it, well, first of all, it breeds dis- dissatisfaction and it brings di- breeds division. One of the things I've talked about on, uh, on Monday nights, you've heard me talk about it when I've led prayer, is there's any, any house divided against itself, Jesus said this, cannot stand. The devil wants there to be division. Why is the world in the shape it's in? It's not because of the devil. He doesn't have the power to do it. It's because the church has been divided. Let's be real. You do know that Satan is defeated. Jesus made an open display of him, right? Well, why is, why is all this stuff happening? Because the church isn't being who the church is supposed to be. Why? Because the kingdom on the earth, we're fighting all the time. Jesus told us it won't work. We have to have unity. It doesn't mean we're all called to do the same thing. We have to have unity of purpose and heart and not be fighting with one another. First issue with comparison, which breeds dissatisfaction and division. We don't know what's going on. And that's okay. You don't need to know what's going on. I know we live in the information age and you have to, we feel like we have to know. No, we don't. We don't have to know. Can I just tell you, we have what we have to know. All the other stuff is just gravy, right? In fact, all the other stuff can be distractions to what we have to know. We don't, I don't know what's going on. I, 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 have no, I, I don't know what's happening. Have you thought about driving up there? No. Several years ago, there was something like this going on. It was happening in Lakeland or somewhere. And I was younger in things, and I was, ooh, I hear what's going on. I hear what's happening. And I think this was back in the time of MySpace. Ooh, old way. Ooh, whoa. The OG social network, right? The original social network. And so Steve and I, we we're like, we got to go down. We got to see what's happening. 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 Can you see there's a problem there? Isn't that what I was just talking about a minute ago? I'm going to see a show to see this event of revival that's happening. I w- it was to go check it out. We got down there. We went. It was full of people that were there to see what's happening. The moment you get to a large group just trying to see what's happening, guess what's not happening? Seeing what God's doing. Right? And it got crazy. It got off, got off base. It got, I mean, some things came out and some things happened. And the person in charge of the whole thing, you know, human, got involved in some stuff he shouldn't have been involved in. It, was, it ended up not being a blessing. It ended up being a distraction. What's going on? Do I, I don't need to know. There's no reason for me to know unless there's a reason. Well, how do I, what do you mean? If the Lord tells me something, then I'll pay attention. But if not, I'm not going to. There's this thing called the law of love. In 1 Corinthians 13, and one of those is believes the best. Well, that just makes you, a, that just puts you, makes you a target, Pastor Greg, of being a victim of being conned. No, because I'm not basing my life on it. I'm just going to believe the best. I'm going to believe and be thankful that God's moving like I would be thankful of him moving anywhere. Praise God he's moving, right? That doesn't mean I'm, 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 I need to know how they're doing it or why they're doing it or what it looks like. I have to do, know what the Lord's telling me to do, right? <laughs> People think, you know, in, in these Facebook posts, I'm going to read one in a minute. He said this individual had said, you know, after six hours, I have the full report. I hope you don't judge full reports based on six hours because you can show up at my house and it might be laundry day and you think my house, you know what I, anybody ever been there before? Somebody knocks on the door and you're trying, and the, today's laundry, anybody know what I'm talking about? And there's clothes everywhere that you're folding and you're like, why'd you come today? Like 20 minutes ago, you'd have thought I was great. Now you're going to think I'm an animal. You know, like, no, don't come in. No. So he was there for six hours. He gave a full report. That's just foolish. That's why we do our laundry in our bedroom, shut the doors. When we fold, we have a mystery guest. They still will like us. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, 
we don't need to know what's going on. The reality is truth is revealed by the fruit of something. In the middle of something, when you're not a part of it, I mean a real part of it, not a spectator, but a real part of it, you don't know what it is until you see the fruit of it. That's why it's so important who we allow to speak into our lives because you gotta, it's, it's, it's the fruit of their life that we should be paying attention to. But so many people, I've seen it, are making plans, making adjustments, calling for this, calling for that. They don't know anything about these folks. I'm assuming, I'm choosing to believe God is moving. But I'm also choosing to not do anything that the Lord doesn't tell me to do. Or feel pressured by it. Your pastors aren't going to be pressured by it. So don't pressure me by it. If you, if you want to go somewhere where they're pressured by it, have fun. You know, my kids don't tell me what they're going to eat unless I ask them. Now they're getting older, they pick, and, and they can cook for themselves. What a glorious day. Oh, you don't like it. Fix something yourself, you know. Your mom and I are going out to eat now. Enjoy scrummaging through the house, you know. But when they were little, they didn't just make demands. That wouldn't have been good. No, truth is, 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 is it real or not? Is by the fruit of something. Let's just assume the best. We're not all called to do the same thing. Not every church is the same. Thank God. We need differences. And just because a church is different than us doesn't mean they're not doing what God's called them to do. Thank God for what they're doing. But I want to do what God's called me to do, what God's called us to do. I'm not answering for what church XYZ is doing. We're responsible for what's happening here. Comparison is a deadly thing. Different locations, different cultures, different mission fields, even different revelation of God's word. Oh, that's because we know everything, Pastor Greg. No, nobody knows everything. And to approach it as if we're, we got it all figured out, we are seed of pride, going to get in the ditch. Nobody has perfect revelation. Nobody does. But we have to walk in line with what we know to be true. There's no reason to doubt or overly question what's going on in Asbury. There's no reason to do it. There are many ministers out there. I'm seeing they're questioning this, questioning that. And Why? Don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. Well, Pastor Greg, if I don't, if you need to question something, the Holy Spirit will alert you to question something. Otherwise, just believe the best. And don't change what you're doing other than what he tells you to do. There's no reason to venerate or copy what we see someone else doing. These are important things. Exact replication without direction of the Holy Spirit is not faith. Because we're looking to people to guide us and what we see to guide us versus the spirit of God to guide us. That's not faith. And then if it's not faith, it's not pleasing to God. He's not happy with it. Uh, Fourth, which is closely tied to, to the next one, is blind replication is a poor and dangerous substitute for a personal pursuit of and connection with God. Blind replication, I will, Steve, blind replication is a poor And dangerous substitute for personal pursuit of and connection with God. Blind replication is a terrible replacement for a personal hunger for God. And a personal connection for God. Right? Formulas fail. I said formulas fail. The word of God does not fail, but natural formulas can fail you. When you're doing it to pull levers and not to obey the word of God and the spirit of God. I got to hurry. Is this all right? Oh, man. Seeds of wrong thinking. Seeds of wrong thinking. I mean, there's wrong thinking going on. Yes, there's wrong thinking going on. Uh, Let me skip down. Let me read the the Facebook post. Now, this is just one. There were multiple posts. There's just multiple posts. I'm reading this as as just an illustration. I'm not going to mention the man's name. I didn't even write it down. I didn't record it. I don't know what it was. I don't know him personally. So I'm not even judging that his heart was wrong in it. I'm assuming I choose to believe his heart was right and just maybe poor wording or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? You understand I'm not making it whichever, Pastor Greg, it's not against anyone except for the devil, right? I'm I'm not condemning or anything. I'm not bummed out or any of those things, right? Let me read what he said. He said, my full report after being at the Asbury Revival. And, of course, later he said the, those six hours changed his life. But anyway, so that was his full report. He said, uh, what's it like being at Asbury? He said, uh, uh, you didn't feel like you were at a conference or a normal church service right away. 
So you have to be, we have to be careful what we're listening to and what we're allowing in our hearts. He said, you didn't feel like you were at a conference or a normal church service. Well, that's already calling into question what's a normal church service. Can you see what I'm saying? These things are subtle. Weeds, seeds are really tiny. Really tiny, right? He said, there was such an unbelievable freedom to worship Jesus. Thank God. The entire atmosphere was utter freedom. Thank God. You felt like you were at the throne. You felt, you felt like you were at the throne in heaven and everyone was around him. God was in the midst. At times, no instruments would, in, the instruments would go silent as, as it was like a holy hush. There was no upbeat or high-intensity music. Steve, you missed it today. And all, it was all holies of holies type of worship. So anything upbeat? That's not revival. Anything upbeat, that's wrong. Now, next paragraph. Nobody was in charge. Nobody was in charge. Now, later he talks about the people being in charge, asked this, asked that, but his observation, no one was in charge. There was no known leader. He reemphasized nobody's in charge. There was no known worship team. There were several different people who spoke, and you could tell they were not in charge. They rotated the singers and musicians every two hours or so. There was a guitar, a piano, a beatbox. That was it. They asked, if you need to talk to, to someone, to please take it to the lobby or outside. Somebody who's not in charge asked, if you need to talk to someone, take it outside. But I don't know who that person was because no one was asking things. But anyway, in that they asked. I'm just making a joke. But it doesn't make any sense, right? He said, no fancy lighting. Wood seats without cushions. I guess we've got to get rid of the cushions. Please don't. Uh, stained glass windows. We replace our windows with stained glass. The floors were concrete. There were no words on the big screen to sing from. Now, like I said, I have to assume, I'm assuming he's just describing. But I'm telling you, people read this stuff and they'll, it'll be ammunition. What did I say in the beginning? I believe God is wanting to work some things in, out in us. Has nothing to do with what's going on. I believe it's good. I praise God for it. I believe it's good. But he's wanting to expose things in our own lives that won't allow us to go where God wants us to go, nor will it allow things to be sustained. The thought that nobody's in charge, nobody's running this show, anybody who gets up to speak, they're obviously not in charge. It's glorious. Does that sound like anything to anybody? There's one word. Huh? Chaos. But something, chaos is a result of something. It's called rebellion. Nobody can tell me what to do. You know, that is a problem in the church. Nobody can tell me. It's, we all, we, have we all dealt with times that don't tell me what to do? You might be thinking right now, Pastor Greg, don't tell me what to do. Right? I've been there. Right? That's a, that, that, that is the very thing that got Lucifer in trouble in the beginning. God, you can't tell me what to do. I'm going to say what I'm going to do. Right? The next one he put up there, this was the end of the paragraph. Two words, no offering. No offering. You know how many people don't like going to church? Maybe this morning, Pastor Amy's up talking about the offering. Can we just get through this? Why do we have to do this? Well, it's in the Bible. Well, I don't like that part. By, by pushing stuff we don't like out of the way, you're saying God don't be yourself. I mean, is that, is that what it is? 100%. No offering. Well, it's at a college campus. They're not taking up offerings because the, the, the students pay tuition. It's a forced offering. It's called tuition, and it's really high. Look at the college system. It's really high. You know, it's a private school. I'm sure they, they took up a large tuition offering, right? Now, if it's going to sustain, if it's going to go anywhere, if they have to rent another facility to house it, with no cushions and stained glass windows, which is a very specific location they have to rent, you know. It's going to take some money. They might have to take up an offering. Oh, no, no, that can't be God. Well, I saw puddles of tears on the concrete. Thank you. But puddles doesn't necessarily mean God. I've cried before and it wasn't God. I stubbed my toe. I cried, you know. That wasn't, definitely wasn't God. 
It was a wave of the Spirit that hit certain people at different times. That's awesome. The altar was full, nonstop, with people weeping and also worshiping at it, too. Praise God. The Spirit of God was making the altar call. I love it. When Christ was in the midst, you couldn't stay comfortable. Uh, if there was any sin in your life, thank God for it. We need that. Because so many people, denominations, rep, there were so many different denominations represented. Represented The chapel did an amazing chaplain. The chapel team, but they're not in charge, did an amazing job keeping everyone on the same page and from getting out of order. So there, there was worship, prayer, repentance, public confession, testimony. These things are great. Um, let's see. I've never experienced anything like this in 26 years of being, being born again corporately. The Lord spoke loudly, I believe. He doesn't need any fancy things or big name preachers. God was there to get all the glory. He was comfortable. You know, God doesn't need big name preachers. He doesn't need big fancy things. But can you also see at the same point, there, there is seeds of don't, I don't like big creatures. Who do they think they are? They're better than me. Maybe they have a name that's recognized because they've been faithful. Just like if you've been faithful, your name's going to be known. Maybe not here. I might, I might never be known. But in heaven, if I obey God, they will know my name. If you don't believe that, get into the word. There are positions and things. And if you're faithful, people will know who you are. Jesus will know your name. Right? <laughs> well, we don't want big name preachers. There's, there, there's, there's, there's that side, that seed of, man, don't tell me what to do. You're not better than me. No, you're not better. No one's better than anybody. And if that big name preacher thinks he is, shame on him. But shame on you for thinking that you are just as good or better or he's not or whatever. A lot of things went on. He said lights. He said there were no lights. They didn't turn the lights off for four days. And there's no doubt God was moving. I guess if the lights stay on, that means God's moving. Um, after six hours, he went on. He said, he said after six hours, I, want, I didn't want to leave. I could tell you the same, the same was for everyone there. I believe every day the revival is gaining more intensity. And he went on to talk about a few other things in closing notes. Um, imagine, he said, imagine if every church on every street corner was like this. It sounds good. It, you do realize it sounds good. But you have to then look a little bit deeper. Okay, are there things, what's sounding good to me? God moving? Or is there a part of me that's kind of liking the idea of nobody being in charge? It's kind of liking the idea. I know people say, no, 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 but, but we all have to deal with this stuff. What if there's something in you that likes no one taking up an offering? What if there's something that likes softer music? What if something in there that likes louder music? See, we have to put these things, we have, we have to be careful. I'm not taking some time this morning, and, and I'm, I'm full for what's happening. You can change that one, Hannah. I think you all know what Pastor Greg is not. I'm working on the weightlifting champion. Um, no, no, I'm not. Lifting my fork, that's what I'm working on. Um, I'm just saying we need to be careful. Like I said, I believe the, the, the Lord specifically. I was going to go a different direction. I believe the Lord said, no, this is, this is we're going to cover this today. What's going on, man? I thank God for it. What's God's, God's doing in, in Uganda and in and, and all the places around the earth, thank God for it. Thank God for everything God's doing. That doesn't mean everything that's being done is all God. Right? doesn't mean it's all God. And it doesn't mean I just need to just, like a baby bird, open my mouth and just accept everything that is brought my way. You know, the danger when I talk about those things out of that post, I, I, I assume, I just believe, because I don't know them, I just believe it just poor choices of words, you know. But as a pastor, when I read stuff, I have to read it not just from, oh, that sounds great. I have to read it, okay, what are people seeing? What other messages are trying to be attached to this? Because we can fall into this. In fact, I texted that same message to several and just asked them, what do you think of this? They're like, that sounds awesome. I thought was, man, we need to say, that's great, but okay. Is there more to this? Rebellion is a very dangerous thing, and whatever rebellion against anything is very dangerous. Ask Korah, Old Testament, his family. Rebellion is a dangerous thing. I was excited to come to church today, and now I'm kind of bummed out. Don't be. Be encouraged. 
I, I'm not doing this to discourage anybody or to be down on Asbury or anything else. I love what's happening. Don't be bummed out. Why? Because God knows where we are. Woo! Hey, man, he knows who we are. He knows where we are. He knows exactly what we need. God has not forgotten us. God has been moving. He will continue to move. We're going to go where God wants us to go. We're going to go. But I'm not going to try to copy. I'm not going to try to emulate. Unless the Lord says to do it, let's not fall into those traps. Let's not do it. So what's our application today? Don't be stirred by the fear of missing out. FOMO. Don't let FOMO run your life. The fear of missing out. He knows where you are. Don't, let, don't be stirred by jealousy. Oh, I want that. One of the things he said, I've, sir, I've longed for revival for so long. How about let's long for Jesus? Let's long for the presence of God. Let's long to please him. If, if we're longing for that, and we know, and we're doing it from a position of we understand the word that he's here. He's already made a decision to move on the inside and to move in corporately. He's already made the decision to be here. We, we, we're, we're, we're destined to win, right? Don't, let, don't be stirred by pride. It can't be God because it's not here. Don't be stirred by ignorance. Well, because it's happening there, it can't be God. Neither make any sense. Let's continue to choose to believe the best. Let's pray for the leaders here and, and around the world, around the country, around the world. Let's pray for our leaders. And yes, God places leaders in the body. Read Ephesians chapter 4. Does it mean anyone's better? No, it just means people are grace to do one thing, somebody's grace to do something else. The grace is the same in quality. It's all from the Lord. But let's pray for the people that, have in, in, that God places in the places he's put them. We have to pass this test. I'm telling you. Now, as a church, we can't correct the body of Christ. And I'm not trying to correct the body of Christ, right? I'm not trying to give instruction. I'm just saying, as a church, let's not, let's not get our attention off of where it needs to be. What can we do? Be thankful for what he's doing here, everywhere. Thankful for every life that's changed here and there. I believe we start doing that, just right, that right there, you'll start developing a heart for lives to be changed here and there. Yeah. Be stirred by love and hunger for God. Matthew 22, I know we got to stop. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Give God everything you've got. Give him everything you've got. I taught on a Sunday night about your first love a few, week, a few months ago. Listen to it again. Stir those things up in us. Hunger for God. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me, inquire of me, as amplified, and require me as a vital necessity and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And hunger for God. It's a choice that you make. It's a choice that you make. School board of Alachua County is calling me on a Sunday morning. Pursue, pursue repentance. Oh, okay, Pastor Craig, you're going too far. Pursue repentance. Got stuff in your life that shouldn't be there. Don't, don't just wash by it. Deal with it. Deal with it. It's to bless you. It's to help you. I taught on that recently. Go back and listen to it. For wanting to see God move here, there's a way he wants to move. And let's just be stirred by him. So let's just be stirred by him. So I asked you this morning, what stirs you? What stirs you? Rumors of some stories, eyewitness accounts of somewhere else. Oh, your God, your master, your savior. Spirit of God living on the inside of you, what's he's doing in your life? Well, he's not doing anything. Stir it up. He isn't idle because he's choosing to be. Stir a desire, hunger for him. Why don't we all stand together? I got through most of it. Kind of, I, figure, I, feel like, I feel like we got what we needed to. Man, I'm grateful. I believe we're living in the greatest age this earth has ever seen. 
And the reality is it's the greatest age this earth has ever seen from my perspective because this is when he told me to be here. He placed, this, this, is, this is my assignment. This is your assignment. This is my time. This is your time. This is my generation. This is your generation. We're stewarding what God is doing in the earth today. We're the ones stewarding it. If the Lord tarries, let's pass off momentum. Let's not pass off jealousy and all of these other things. Let's pass off a hunger for God so the ones who come after us, if the Lord tarry, can take that and move up higher. That's how this is all going to end. We're going to end this thing one day. We've got a leg to run. Let's run it. Let's be stirred by the plan of God. Let's be stirred for hunger for God. I challenge every person, whatever it takes, get rid of it in your life if it's keeping you from what God has for you. What has he said to you? What has he spoken to you? What's the word said? Get those things out. Get your attention on it. Get off Facebook. Get your attention on it and say, God, I want this. I guarantee you he'll show up. Amen. Let's do it. Praise God. Father, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we're so grateful for your help, for your guidance, for your instruction. We love you so much. God, we're so thankful for what you're doing in other places, but we're thankful for what you're doing here. Lord, we as a body, as a group, we collectively ask You said if anyone lacks wisdom, doesn't know what to do, let him ask of you who gives liberally and without reproach. And so in our own lives and as a body, Father, give us wisdom. We're asking for wisdom, clear understanding, clear direction of how to pursue your plan more effectively. How to live in ways, conduct each day, every service, every day, not just services, but every day in a way that would please you. Father, we're asking for wisdom. Father, we're asking that you be glorified, that you be honored in our lives and in this place. We do love you because of who you are. You are awesome. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for it in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.